Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Throughout the month of December, the Ringer staff will be releasing their year-end reviews covering the best and worst of 2019 in sports, TV, movies, music, and more. This week, we're getting started with Shea Serrano and Rob Harvilla on the best albums of the year, and Allison Herman and Chris Ryan break down the best TV shows. We'll have tons more in the coming weeks, so make sure to check it out on theringer.com. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Russ Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. It's a surreal WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, you're listening to this. You're listening, listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening, you're listening, you're listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker. I'm here, joined in studio by the original one. The man amongst men, the king of sad style, Dan St. Germain. What's going on, buddy? Oh, glad to be back. Excited for the big news. <laughs> Arrow is on FS1 tonight for promo school. We're going to talk all about it. Now, I'm glad to be back on the show. And the last time I was on the show, it was over the phone and it sounded like I was in a car that was sinking underwater. I don't understand. It's like so there's a lot of podcasts that are just over the phone. You call people all the time, yeah. But because I have people in the studio so much, I have some. I call somebody and they're and and the, and the fans revolt. Yeah, they revolted. It's like you know they were pissed enough. I was back, let alone <laughs> on the phone. Um. Anyway, we're just going to dispense with all formality and every any kind of structure tonight because uh, today because. Uh, there's I don't even know what we're going to talk about. There's been a lot of wrestling, as we can say every time I record this podcast. There's been a lot of wrestling this week, but there's yeah. been no pay-per-views, no huge news. Um, and you guys covered Survivor Series. We already and, covered the Survivor Series. Know, and, and, and War Games, so... My new Thanksgiving time tradition is to not watch wrestling until, the, like, six hours leading up to my podcast. Um, yeah. It, there, there was a lot that I missed, apparently. Um, I can't even tell you... What happened on SmackDown? Even though I watched, I'll tell you it what happened and in I, real time. I, I watched followed it in real time. I followed SmackDown exclusively through like Reddit and tweets. I mean, in text. text no, I messages. watched the whole thing and I don't remember. Um, I'm telling you. Here's what this is a big week for returns and debuts. I guess for a quiet week, we got the return of Sheamus via well, promo package. Yeah, we got the return of Alexa right. Bliss. Are they really going to try push Sheamus again? I heard his neck was, you know, like and like the, Stone Cold levels. Um. Yeah, so we don't know exactly. That's what I mean. I, I thought I had heard that it was messed up, both you know on the internet and from someone yeah. who I thought should know, but I've not like actually like uh, nailed that down, you know, to like a reportable way. I, I don't. I don't know if anybody else has. Generally, what I mean, the situation is that it's it's not Stone Cold. I mean, what I heard was that it was more like Edge, maybe, but like not as bad. Uh, Edge was pretty bad even though i guess he's coming back so it's 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 like some sort of spinal stenosis sort of situation where it's like it's degenerative and eventually it will get to a point where well edge thought he was we can talk more about edge in a minute, i guess and this segment is brought to you by we're not doctors yeah. <laughs> uh I mean, Edge appears. I mean, like it. Let's just say that like Edge is has suffered some sort of uh, recover has, has undergone a recovery since he retired. 
um, to some degree. No one should be too surprised if you know that he looks like he's in great shape recently. Yeah. Um, Michael Irvin was the Michael Irvin was the point of reference with Edge when Edge retired, and that Michael Irvin just like got took a bad hit, went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, "Shit, you should never have been playing. Any the ne- like any hit could be your last." Wow. So uh, apparently, Seamus is not there yet. They're not going to mess around with that kind of stuff. No, um, especially. I mean, it seems like Triple H loves Seamus. I know that that's like the common rib on him, but I'll, I'll say this: I saw the vignette, and against. Like my body got excited, even though <laughs> my mark, even though the smark in me was like, oh, Seamus. But there's something about when Seamus comes back as a heel. Like, yeah. remember when Daniel Bryan won the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 31? And then the next night, Seamus came back with like a mohawk and yeah. kicked his face off. And that was the, you know, you look stupid. That was I'm not ju- sure. I was excited about it. And then that usually dissipates. Speaking of you look stupid. Don't you think that the return to the handlebar and spike and flat top for Sheamus is a move backwards? Or is that just me? I don't know. You know, what's old is new again, David. Yeah. I just want Sheamus, the man, to be happy. And I can't imagine. (laughs) What's his real name? (laughs) Seamus. <laughs> what is his real name? Um, he No, but I mean, like, it just seems like, here's the thing. When Seamus had the mohawk, you see him, you would see him out, like, in public, yeah. basically with it slicked back, and then with, like, a, a, a newsboy cap on. Yeah. And, you know, when he had the beard, it kind of looked, it looked like a reasonable look, you know? Like, no yeah. one would want to be wearing I'm, a mohawk like I'm that. I'm looking up Seamus' real name. It's Stephen. Oh. Stephen Farrelly. One of the Farrelly brothers. The little, little known third Farrelly brother. <laughs> They're actually very well known. But um, anyway, I, I really enjoyed the big beard look. Um, flat top, sort of silly to me. I don't know. I just, I wonder what he would look like if he got, if he had his way. That's look, all. That's I all I'm that saying. Someone hears this from WWE's, you know, I guess style and wardrobe department. Although I, I bet you that's just Vince. I mean, listen. It can't, it's no. It's no. It's no coincidence that like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins get formally separated on the second shows on separate shows, and Roman Reigns gets to grow grow his beard back for the first time in like two years. Right? It's just That's like true. They they got to They got to keep the look separate. I don't know. Sheamus's look is good. I'm not going to go too far in it, but I'm with you. I'm excited to see Sheamus back. It's going to be kind yeah. of interesting to see him see on the same show as Cesaro, but not teaming with Cesaro. That sort of maybe they'll come back because it's like the Sami Zayn faction seems like. To be that we're we're uh, they're really good workers who aren't that great on the mic. Well, here's the you thing. Know. Yes, and also there's the impl- this is what I really what I really dig about the Sami Zayn faction. It may amount to nothing, but I love the like implicitly the faction is like weird indie dude or like we're like we're like we're, indie darlings. Yeah, we're indie darlings. Although Seamus would immediately destroy that. That's what I'm saying. But like Nakamura, I mean not indie, but you know we're 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 not we're non we're out we're, we were people who made our names. Outside of WWE, and everybody wishes we, all the hardcore fans wish we were pushed better. We wish we got more opportunities. Or, yeah, wish we got, yeah, we got a better push. But that's not the on screen gimmick. They're not pulling this like meta, like, like, you know, resistance faction. They're just a heel faction that like thinks they're they deserve better. They're saying they're avant garde. Yeah. And, and, there, and there's an element of that. Um, they're almost saying they're wrestling snobs. It's, it's, it's a cool little, you know, I think Sammy is just so talented. Um, but sometimes his stories or his 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 almost um, perspective on what's going on it straddles the fence between like it, it just gets too meta. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 
And like it, 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 it's, it's, I mean, it's a cool approach, but it's, and it's, it's not like cutting and biting. So when it gets too meta, sometimes I feel like I get lost and, you know, is this guy a heel or is he like, try? it's like, it's almost like a watered down CM Punk. Yeah. And I don't want to say that because he's great on the mic. Like, I think, you know, if he, I'm sure that if he was the one, you know, scripting himself, but with Daniel Bryan, when he turned heel, there was that specific, like, oh, yeah. POV, I'm the new Daniel Bryan, here are what my promos are, here are my promos. And then Sami Zayn came back, and it was, like, talking about the futility of almost caring about wrestling, you know, in yeah. a way. I mean, I don't know what is, like, his perspective is, you know, like, you root for me, but, uh, you know, you don't help me out, or... Yeah, I mean, it's, Daniel Bryan turning heel so was really weird. Daniel Bryan was this very specific. I mean, a, a different sort of thing because it was it was like a it was almost like when CM Punk teamed up with Paul Heyman and turned heel because it was like a very formal like I am a heel now and you will boo me as such because you respect me. Yeah, but Sami Zayn is more of a. I mean, but it, but they were both like healing up, you know. Like Sami yeah. Zayn is like actually playing. I don't know. It's a it's a it's a it is a sort of meta gimmick. But it's cool that he's a manager, even though. He's one of the best workers. Yeah, it's very bizarre, but I dig it, man. I like I, li- I, I like, like standing together. Well, you said the words, music to my ears, uh, watered down CM Punk. And speaking of watered down CM Punks, um, uh, over on Raw, uh, Seth Rollins appears to be just taking a page straight out of the CM Punk playbook, and they're rerunning. Are they just rerunning the CM Punk Shield storyline? With Seth Rollins and the authors of Paint or AOP, he must have done that before. No, I know, uh, but CM that's Punk in the Shield. But yeah, it seems. I mean, they kind of did that with AJ in the Club too. True. Yeah, that's right. But is that is that? Do you think that's where we're going with this? Yeah. Right, is AOP the new? And I, and I, I love that idea. I, I, I love Seth as a, a a chicken shit heel that you can beat. That I thought he was a great champ there, and a lot of people disagree with me. No, he's great. Um, but. He just doesn't work as a face or, you know, they botched it because he did a slow face turn. Now he's doing a slow heel turn, which I think is, but it's not really because he's already, he's a heel. He doesn't know he's a heel. Yeah. So it's fantastic. I I actually, I do. I actually like this, you know, because now he's, they're playing, you know, and and credit WWE instead of Roman Reigns, they're like, oh no, maybe we'll just find another way. And I know Roman Reigns now is, is legitimately cheered, but like, they were, they were like, okay, this isn't working out. <laughs> we need to do something different than this. Let's let's try something else. Let's try to make Kevin Owens the guy yeah. on the show. Well, I mean, it's it, it. There's a lot a lot of stuff to talk about there. One kudos to WWE for actually going for it, like you said, because it's you know runs counter to the Roman Reigns thing, especially right after the draft, where yeah, like there's no, I mean there should be no confusion that they just drafted Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns as like the top two baby faces, you know, right. like to, to anchor each show. And they're going to, and to turn one immediately is big. Also kudos to them for responding and relatively quickly to the notion that, I mean, this sort of like Seth is the locker room leader thing. I mean, that's, that, it's obviously like a commentary on like the post Saudi Arabia rumors that Meltzer reported that turned out to, I guess, not be true, but like all this stuff that like Seth is calling, talent only meetings and kind of like rah rahing back there like that's what they were playing yeah. off of with him in the ring and and you know old WWE would be to wait like six months before you realize that rumor was out there and then do a really shitty version of it <laughs> um no this was I mean that speech he 
gave on Raw two weeks ago, and then his subsequent terrible apology. You know, he's just like he's got a voice that's just a heel voice. Totally, total heel voice. You know, total heel look too. I mean, I know he's like he like from a from a you know maybe from like the thirtieth row. He's like a white meat baby face, but like when you see him on TV, it's like he's a heel, and he's all. And I think that the thing that always really hurt him is that as a face is that he would say burn it down, and then he'd be like the company man. Yeah. So I mean, now they're gonna maybe they'll play with that. Yeah. Maybe so. I mean, that leather jacket he was wearing on Monday just spoke volumes. You know, leather jacket always a heel move. Uh, yeah, unless you're Ronda Rousey uh, and you're paying tribute to Rowdy Roddy Piper. Right. Um, well, if it's just it's got frills in the jacket, then it's different. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested in that. I'm also interested in in Ko being. I mean, K- Kevin Owens is a guy who we were all like very reasonably wondering whether or not he'd be a move to NXT like two weeks ago, right? I mean, and yeah. and you still could. I mean, obviously, you still could. But this is, but this looks like, it really looks like his run with Shane was the sort of, you know, testing grounds. Is he ready for the main event? And he, I, I don't know who's ready for the main event because you know, again, it could be like Brock Lesnar versus Tyson Fury at WrestleMania. <laughs> um, uh, that's something that's been reported on. Could be complete bullshit. Has um, that really been reported? Yeah, that like oh his opponent God. is either going to be like Tyson Fury or Cain Velasquez. Again, I'm not sure. I'm not sure this could be. They do need to do something different than what they did with Seth, but I don't. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, but Kevin Owens, watching his face promos, like it's it's almost like being on a really turbulent flight where you're like, okay, this was great. Yeah, okay, face like whoa, that was a little weird. And then because he's he's like trying to be stone cold, and I do think like. Maybe like the French Canadian in him like yeah. adds adds in like something a little bit extra that doesn't like like I don't want to say American audiences are too dumb to latch on, but like sometimes he he speaks almost too properly. Yeah, for a face. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's like he's he's he has his grammar is too good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. I mean, I think that I I like I like seeing you in that position. It is. It it does feel like it's. Like, they're gonna figure it out with him, but you're right. It, it does feel like it's a few degrees off in a lot of different ways. You know, he's not quite. He just doesn't. He doesn't evoke the same sort of sympathy when he's getting beaten down by AOP as like even Seth would, despite our reservations that we just talked well, about. Well, I, I also think that like it'd be like you know the real face move. Like the th- the thing is, he's responding like a normal person would. Like he's like, no, I don't want you to tag with me because I know you'll turn on me and beat me up, which is how anyone who's watched wrestling would say. But the traditional, you know, Austin face, which they're trying to make him, mm-hmm. would be like, you know, yeah, have them come down here and I'll kick all three of your asses at the same time. Yeah. Even though that's but he's admitting he's like, I'm gonna get beat down. Yeah. And I don't think faces should do that. Like they should be well, you know. Dumb to the point of like you know. Later in the same show, we get Charlotte versus both members of the Kabuki Warriors, and all the all the fans were complaining that that made the Kabuki I Warriors it was a really weak. good match. Oh, I love that match because it was really well booked. I mean, it was really well put together. Yeah, I thought it was a really good match, and it gives you the opportunity to do fun stuff. You know, it's sort of like you know any kind of like different. The first time we started seeing these triple threat matches, and like the you know the kind of big like the war game, any time thing with a different combination, even it's even like intergender intergender matches, yeah. it, it gives you an opportunity to like just do different stuff. And it, and I know that like setting aside the fact that I thought the match was really good, 
it was just like really cool to see Charlotte try to do the try to do the moonsault onto two people and have them both raise their knees simultaneously. Like that's just a tiny yeah, thing. Yeah, and like, everyone else oh, complained on Raw that there were too many squash matches, so you can't make anybody happy. Dude, when I was watching, I got home last night, drove from historic Richmond, Virginia, um, which is lovely, to Brooklyn yesterday, and uh, so I, was, I got in really late. Was following the Raw results on my phone, and I was just yeah. like, "Is this?" Is, these are just jobbers. Like, is this a house show from 1988? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Which I actually think they need more of. Yeah, but just uh, the lineup. Not, maybe not as many matches as they had on Monday, but it did help get Ryback over for a hot two weeks and yeah. definitely helped get Braun over. The problem now is that there's just no jobbers left. All those guys who were who were like jerking curtains at Indies have just like eight-year contracts from AEW now, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, You're trying to get fucking... <laughs> You're trying to like piss everybody off. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But the, but the, uh, but um, no. Then the, the real jobbers now. Secret heel shoemaker. <laughs> the real jobbers now are the are the cruiserweights. Like what's going? Like well, they're not jobbers. Cruiserweights are the new tag team wrestlers where they can just put you in a position of jobbing in to in at any given moment with the th- and the backstage theory is that you're not being devalued at all because. You're a different weight class. How pissed off are those guys, too, that on NXT, like Leo Rush has come back and actually turned it into a cruiserweight division that you want to watch? I mean, I kind of, I think at some point, like, I don't, I know that DVDs don't really exist anymore in reality, but like, I would buy a DVD of like Akira Tozawa jobbing. Like the like like a six month period of Akira (laughs) Tozawa doing amazing work jobbing out on Raw. Yeah, I also wanted to give a shout out to Carl Anderson who takes really good bumps. Yeah, and it's different. It's a different type of bump than like a Ziggler bump or like an Evan Bourne bump or, or mm-hmm. you know, like he like he looks like he gets hit and then he he falls down and he he doesn't, he doesn't do he doesn't flip around like uh, Ricochet, which I I still think looks great. But I was watching. He uh, really, wait, uh, he can take a bump. Who was yeah. it? What was oh on AEW? Uh, on the and we're going to talk more about AEW uh, in a bigger way, but the but the the Hangman Page versus um versus uh wait who did Hangman Page oh, oh uh, uh Pac? no no MJF uh, I mean I, I keep forgetting. you can call him whatever you want Pac. um yeah it was uh it was hold on one second Steve let me get this right AEW results. All right, it was, I was right. On AEW, the the uh, Hangman Page versus MJF match, when Hangman Page hit him with the lariat clothesline, and MJF didn't do a, like a three sixty bump, or like the you know he didn't do the backflip clothesline bump, and yeah, I and well, yeah, he just did a regular back bump, yeah, and it seemed really insufficient because like now every time somebody, I feel like in the past we've gotten to a point where like every time somebody takes a big clothesline or a claymore kick, they just do, like, five flips before they hit the ground now. Yeah, I mean, that guy did a hell of a... Uh, I mean, like, what's his name? The guy, Akira... Akira Tozawa. Tozawa did a hell of a bump for that claymore oh, kick. Oh, man, it looked like he killed him. But he stole it. They, I mean, that, he's just amazing. I mean, he, he is doing God's work in the most significant way. I mean, look at Tony Nese. He won the Cruiserweight Championship at... Yeah. And I know that was a pre-show, but... Now he's, I mean, it's it's weird. It is weird seeing those guys' job. Yeah, 
And know. Drew Gulak, I guess he, I mean, he jobbed Ali on SmackDown, lost to Ali on, I guess you could say jobbed Ali on SmackDown. Yeah. And I mean, Ali's obviously a Cruiser 205 Live alum himself. But but Gulak was the guy that I that I fingered for like they should just put him on NXT and let him flourish like he could be a champion he could be the, the NXT champion. I don't know about NXT champion, maybe North American. Yeah, champion. but he but yeah he could Man, be Adam Cole's probably just as small as him. No, Adam Cole is smaller than smaller. Drew Gulak. Yeah, but like but Drew Gulak's got such a character. He's got so much. I mean, he's like he's one of the he's the guy that you I always looked at it on two hundred five live where I was just like he's the total package. Dude, he's if, just on this. If, if show. I'm a wrestler, I want to be at NXT. Um, you get paid well. Uh-huh. You're at this. You we still don't know about them getting paid, by the way. There's a lot of weird information, weird stories weird coming out back about and that. forth. Yeah. All right. Presumably. All right. Whatever. Taking but you get paid pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Taking the money out of the equation, your touring schedule is not that heavy. Mm-hmm. You go to the same building every week. Mm-hmm. You have your family there, and you know that the people that are running the show are not going to just change. You know a storyline on a whim stability is huge i mean there's a lot we i've talked about this several times over the years but there's you know there's a pretty compelling argument that one of the things that makes wrestling such a unfair i mean i mean previously a very deadly sport to a lot of people i mean a lot of yeah. people point the finger at steroids and that's no small thing and 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 you know whatever it's mostly painkillers painkillers and and uppers and all that kind of stuff that they were yeah, on that was really the, big the toxic cocktail. but there but a big component that's you know often overlooked is just like and this sounds so weak but it's true it's like the internal clock stuff it's just like the it's the travel schedule someone point someone who was who had looked into it years ago point said to me you know i mean this was a doctor who said it he's like you know if that was if if it was just the steroids, if it was just the whatever, then you would see the same number of like bodybuilders dying as wrestlers dying, and they're not dying. Well, they're but not the, taking the bumps either. Well, you're right. Was... You're you're absolutely right. This is way, this is way overgeneralized. But he was like, but you know who else? But you know what? What other group of people die like way too much is comics. Sorry to bring this home to you. <laughs> it's like it's these people out there who are just like living these uncontrollable night like nocturnal lifestyles, you know, and, tra- yeah. and never and never getting off and the road. It's one of those things where you know not to talk digress and talk about comedy but it's like if you have a midnight spot at you know the comedy seller mm-hmm. or the comedy store and it's a hot crowd or a new joke works yeah and then you get off stage you're not gonna be able to go to bed for another three or four hours because yeah. you have that adrenaline yeah so anyway uh having I mean, just living in orlando and you know, just yeah. traveling for big shows, or like they're going to go on tours, but that are going to be spot tours, right? I mean, they're going to go like yeah. And I think that you know, and, and they have the benefit of having like a pretty. I mean, I know it's a little bit NWA in the sense that it's not as big as AEW shows on Wednesday, but they have a pretty fervent, you know, um, fan, fan base. base who likes the show a lot. And I mean, you saw that when DIY then went to you know. Mm-hmm. Um, raw, raw, like and and kind of like it, it almost like demystified them a little bit. Um, that that changed during the NXT Invasion of Survivor series. Well, there's but. funny that you mentioned DIY because the story came out just today. I'm sorry, I'm, I totally lost the source. Where uh, Tom, where Champa, uh, Tommaso Champa said that he's made it clear to WWE that he never wants to be called up and that he fought being called up before tooth and nail, and now he's basically just like I will retire or i will you know become a booker or whatever before or a trainer if you ever try to call me up again yeah i read that article um sure if you add a few zeros to the end of it he'll change his mind but 
Yeah. He is. A, he is. What is it? How old is he? Is he he's 35. He's not young, but he's and he's been on the independence forever. And there, this, there was also a thing that he tweeted out this week, right? About uh, about how he he left Ring of Honor after Joe Coff, who I've had many very nice interactions with, said that no one would ever pay more than 20K to be a pro wrestler. And yeah, that, you have to do that. Huh? Well, Taker just talked about that in his interview. Oh, You're yeah. never going to draw money. I talked about that some last week, but that interview was like we're on. It was it, there was like so much wrestling last weekend, incredible wrestling, and that was the highlight of my wrestling week. Uh, I think it was for it most was people. So good for most people, it was pretty. It was pretty great. Um, but yeah, I mean, when someone someone deep like says you're not, you don't have that value. I mean, I guess I don't. I have no idea what the comparable salaries were in Ring of Honor at the time, and like I mean, it's look, it's just a logical. Here's the thing: it's, it's just a logical thing to do when someone says that. I, I've been in a similar situation at times. And you have to, you just have to walk away at that point because, you know, you, you, you know, your value to them. And it's, it's not wrong that they see you that way necessarily. I mean, I think it's better to be honest. Yeah. You know, than it is. Yeah. And then he's able to thrive. Well, it's a no one will ever pay you thing. I mean, I guess you have to say that in a negotiator. It's like, no, I reject your $20,000 offer. And he's like, no one's going to pay you more than that. Like that's that's I'm sure what was said, but still, yeah. you got to walk away. And that's you know it probably you know and uh, the story it makes the guy who said it look like shit, but it probably benefited him a ton. I was at a Ring of Honor show where he made his return from I guess an ACL or something. I thought he retired. I th- I it seemed like he was coming back from retirement um, years and years ago. So he's I mean it's, it's his like, career has always been something of like a miracle, right? I mean, right. and at the time. Whether or not he was worth twenty thousand dollars, he was like, he was a smaller guy. He was worth anyone who's a wrestler is, and wrestling on a on, and I'm not talking about somebody who like takes a wrestling class and then does it like once every four months. But anyone who's wrestling on a fairly consistent schedule should be making. Oh no doubt, no no question about it. And that, I mean, and and who knows? I mean, that that was probably you know, a lot of dudes are making a lot of money selling t-shirts and stuff and whatever yeah. else. But like, um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, who knows? I mean, at the time, even at the time, it was like, yes, we all love Champa, but like, I don't think anybody was going was buying Ring of Honor tickets because of him. Maybe they were. Maybe they were. He's. I'm all I'm saying is now, like his 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 success now is just like miraculous and so deserved. I mean, like maybe if they had put all yeah. the machine behind him, then he could have made the company into something. Instead of now, where it's like, God, I mean, they are just in such dire yeah, straits. Uh, well, there's just too much. We knew some somebody was going to fall because of this, and I mean, New Japan took off, and so did AEW. So somebody's got to, you know, you've either got to really like target your your product in you know, like a niche. It can't just be we have the coolest indie wrestlers anymore. It's got to be don't. like okay, well, yeah, yeah, they don't. And and WWE still, you know, has the biggest roster out of both companies, I think. But you have to almost do something like NWA does, where it's just like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we are what we are. This is what you're tuning in for. And no, we're not going to get the same level of attention, but we are what we are. Rather than having an amorphous company. That's, I agree. I mean, like, if wait, I had... There, are you doing attitude shit? Are you doing listen, like five-star match shit now? Like, what's happening? Yeah. If I were, if I were a wrestling, if I were, if I owned a wrestling company, I don't if know what kind Billy of... Billy Corgan. Well, no, I mean, I don't. I think he's he's his is just like he's putting his own money into it, and, and you know. But if I were running Ring of Honor, 
Or even if I were running AEW. I mean, they, they're doing fine. But I think I'd be more, if I was running Ring of Honor, let's just say that. I think I'd be, do, I think, I think Court Bauer is kind of doing this at MLW. I would just put all the money possible into like five or six people. You know, just like yeah. see how much money it would take to hire Daniel Bryan when he was out with his injury. You know, just so, like, or maybe right. he's a bad example. See how much money it would take to hire Cesaro for 10 years. Like get a, give him a 10-year contract. And then just like build them and build them and have the, the, the indie stars of the day will be willing to take one-year deals or six-month deals or per-show deals to come wrestle that person on a big stage. You know, like just have other people cycle through. Yeah, I mean, I think that could work. I mean, the argument there is... You know how much, how much of WWE's talent do you want to sign? Yeah, no, you but know, I just mean or, get like like, put, like find a way to pay comparable rates for long term deals for and not six just people. Yeah, and not just have and and but set it up so it's like this is a family and it's not people who are like going to sign and then immediately regret it and be like agitating on Twitter to get yeah, out. You better you better f- fucking make sure that those six people are going to stay. Yeah, no, you, you got to sign like six best friends. You know, you got to do like do. what AEW did. Yeah, basically. you do. You really have to. You know, like, he's like, we'll get Hogan and, you know, yeah. if you build a company around, like, a one particular guy or girl and they leave, then you're really left holding the holding the bag. I wonder if someone just came along at the right time and was just like, Kevin Owens, we will give you creative control. Of your character. And, like, a 10-year, $5 million wow, contract that, that's or That's how they thought they were going to save TNA, was giving CM Punk this Godfather deal. Oh, right? yeah, well, that didn't work. There's um, just a lot of wrestling. There's too much, there's too many, there's too much wrestling. I think there's, there's probably, as far as, like, like, scripted forms of entertainment, it's, like, probably, like, cop shows, doctor shows, wrestling shows. Yeah. At this point. There's so much wrestling right now. Um, what other wrestling should we be talking about? Do you want to talk? Uh, did something happen on NXT that I wanted to talk about? I'm not sure. I don't know. Bauer even kicked Cole, so I guess he's a lone wolf. Yeah. Well, I think that I was expecting that, but that's it's so cool. I mean, Finn Balor is his character's cool, he's cool. NXT allows people to be cool. It's really weird how that happens. Um, yeah, AEW was really good this week. Um, Soul Train Jones. Ooh. Oh, the presentation was yeah, just was incredible. Funny. How is it, how no one has fi- has just has thought to do that before now? Because it needed to get to this point. Yeah, maybe so. Like he needed to have this many miles on him and this many jokes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see at the end of his career whether he's known as and people will remember him as Virgil or Zoltra and Jones. But have they made him a formal member of? <laughs> the inner circle because i think they all just let him get his ass kicked at the end of that ceremony at the end of that ceremony scu just no like yeah he's like one of those honorary dx members who just gets beat up and they like they beat him up on the way out the door you know it doesn't even um so AEW. oh okay so a couple of things to talk about in AEW. really enjoyed a lot of it um i mentioned the i mentioned the uh hangman page mjf match which was really really good we got a uh, we got Pac versus um, Omega um, again, which was really really great. Um, yeah, the first time maybe I've seen one of the one of their matches on uh, the weekly show where I was just like, okay, this is the TV version of them. This isn't quite pay per view right. qu- caliber. I, you know, I just get a little bit nervous because 
you know, they've done almost every single one of their dream matches with the roster they have. Yeah, well, okay, so so speaking of dream what, what, matches. What are the matches we want to see now? Jericho and Moxley. Well, okay, so they just set that up at the end of the show. So you're talking about right. dream matches. Like, we have that stare down. It's not only a dream match. It's a little bit of the echoes of the Cody in the main event thing where you're, you're, you do kind of wonder if it's a problem. They pulled the tri- they're pulling the trigger on the WWE dream match so early. I don't know. I mean, I don't, when is their next pay-per-view? March? I don't even know. It's 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 a long time away. So, and Moxley is the biggest besides Cody is the biggest face they have. I think he's bigger than Cody. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's an argument there to be made either way. Um, you know, people would say it was well. This is like was a secondary match in WWE, but I think because Moxley is such a different character, mm-hmm. it's not. But besides and better that, wrestler. you have Cody and MJF, and I'm I you know maybe I'm spacing and I'm not remembering, but I'm like. You know, it's like a lot of these guys at New Japan were fighting each other. So, yeah, I'm just I mean, I don't think like it did feel like we had an endless supply of just like freed Wednesday matches, just like moving the moving yeah. the, the pieces around on the game board. And you were like, I want to see this. I want to see this. Yeah. And now we've seen a lot of them. But that's cool because now they can keep telling the stories. Jericho had a, an interview this week where he said uh, he was sort of, you know, talking to people who or, you know, maybe they were straw men. People who were complaining you know, that, that they don't even know who some of these guys are, but they're kind of building one character at a time. And I think that, that there's a lot of validity to that they're doing it the right way. But but it does raise this whole question of world building where it's like, we were talking about this a little bit before we turned on the mics. They debuted The Butcher and the Blade this week, j- coming after Cody, who are guys who I've kind of been following for a while. They have a, those two guys have a pot. First of all, they're, they're, they're actual friends. The guy who plays the, the, the Butcher is the, uh, is the bassist in, Man, I got to get this right. The basis in one of Eric Rowan's t-shirts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's the he's the ba- he's the basis in a hardcore punk band called Every Time I Die. Um, and if you and if you Google Every Time I Die, you'll see some incredible band pictures where it's like four guys who are in a hardcore Does he punk. Look the same? No, he looks the same. He looks the same. But he looks he he Is looks like eight punk? times bigger than all of them. Yeah. It's ridiculous. He has a great look. I, I thought the debut was was kind of lousy, and I, I mean, I I would I would echo because I don't know anything about him, but I would echo what Brian Alvarez said. I think on mm-hmm. on, on Meltzer's I don't know if it was Meltzer's or something like that, where you had Excalibur, like he's like it's the Blade and the Butcher, and then be, and nobody really knows who they are, and then he doesn't. They don't give any really information. Besides that, like, okay, if you know they're the butcher and the blade, then let's hear a lot about them so we know why they're important rather than we just have, you know, another generic evil faction like the Dark Order come out of the ring and, you know, and everybody knows there's like cool elements of it. But I just I wish that they they have to, like, stop assuming that we're just going to go like, whoa, you know, the only time you do that is when you have a real physical attraction and i'm going to use this example which then ended up being you know he ended up you know as notoriously one of the worst workers ever is the great collie when he showed up with the undertaker you're like oh this is like a like this guy's gigantic you know and then you know it wasn't uh you know yeah his work rate was what it was i'm not saying that you just need to hire people based on how they look but if you're if if they don't have that crazy presence then you have to give a little bit of details. Yeah, and we've kind of seen that. I think AEW, to some extent, has sort of worn out their welcome with with the uh, 
you know, with with the with the big reveals because I mean, and, and I don't mean and again they they're going to be building these people over over a period of time, but it's like the Dark Order, who I was stoked to see get a deal with AEW. They debuted them that way, and they're on was it all out or whatever when the lights yeah. went out and they were there, and it was like kind of a cool thing. But like everybody watching was like, "Am I supposed to know these guys?" Right. Like even the the diehard fans are like, "Oh yeah, that's Eva Luna or whatever." I mean, those are the Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. But like even those people were like, "Oh, that they don't look quite the same under the bright lights." You know, it's not whatever. Yeah. Well, they you know, AEW's roster is not as deep as WWE's. Yeah. They've got some they've got some incredible talent on there, but there's, you know, they had, you know, like, like WWE locked up a lot of guys as soon as mm-hmm. AEW came along. People that you you didn't even think they were going to lock up. And I'm I'm not talking about like, you know, the um Randy Orton's or I'm I'm talking about, you know, the Mojo Rawleys or the Jinder Mahal's. Like WWE like tr- basically tried to sign, I mean, they signed the club. They signed everybody. You know, with the exception yeah. of um, the, uh, you know, with the exception of what's the fucking tag team that Jim Cornette loved? Oh, the multiple the revival. The with revival, the exception yeah. of the revival, I think everyone's been signed to a longer term yeah. contract. So, you know, they can't have that argument if one of those guys goes over to AEW and AEW builds him yeah. the right way. Yeah. Um, but I would just like to put in just formally my stamp of approval on the butcher and the blade they're good they're fun um they're one of the last acts that you could like up until now could only find on youtube through like you from like iphone videos in high school gyms they have an awesome podcast well also if you like to hear dudes just like bullshitting who clearly have good repartee or whatever uh it's called kicking ass podcast and it's uh it's just two guys who like uh hardcore music and movies and exercising it's really. It actually. It's a very like. A, it's they, a very selective. Are they like uh, hardcore in the sense like CM Punk, like no drugs or alcohol. I don't know if they're straight edge. Straight I have, edge. That's, I, have, that's... I have no idea. But I, I also really like the fact that they're both balding dudes who are just letting it grow. Well, we out. know Jericho isn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every week the, 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 the Jericho's a gift that keeps on giving. Every week is some is is like him giving an interview where he just like like just tries to burn his bridges with WWE and doesn't quite finish, do it, but, like, he, he skirts, you know, he's... He, He'll be he, welcome back with open arms. Oh, I know, but he, but he tries... Maybe that's why what he's doing, because he knows it. But he but maybe it's... I mean, but he, every every week he gives some, like, you know, semi-shocking interview, and every week there's, like, some new photos of him just, like, asleep in an alley outside of a bar. <laughs> Here's the thing. Jericho is firing on all cylinders, and almost everything that he t- touches is turning into gold. Uh-huh. But I would warn Chris Jericho... That the future <laughs> looks like Ric Flair's Starcade interview on Sunday, you know, <laughs> like yeah, it, it, it's it now it's really funny and he's like clearly he's partying like a motherfucker and you know he's like the rock and roll heel but you know there's always a shelf life to that not to be the dark cloud that hangs over the room but once you uh, yeah. once you get to a certain point. You know, and I and I've seen it in a lot of people. You're like, all right, now you're just like the uh, drunk guy. We hope gets home safe. Yeah, <laughs> not the it's not true. like the like the like you know poison in the fucking viper room. You know, in the '80s. It, yes, uh, yeah. When you're the kind of guy that could like lose a heavyweight championship belt, and everybody's just like, "Yep, that's about right." <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, but I will say this about Jericho. He's been able to get every single person over in his faction. So it, he's got never he can get he, is dude, he, he could get a table over. He is the best yeah. there is at what he does. But should they be doing that with Cody instead of like, you know, they have him with Dustin, they have him with the Young Bucks. These are all guys that we already know were good. Hangman Page. Like, should he be forming? Like, like, is it like should people be giving their stamps of approval? You know, maybe Dean Ambrose has a, you know, he's, he did that with Darby Allen. I think it helped. Yeah. Maybe they have more of a connection, not like a stable or anything, but something like, you know, where they're friends who tag team and, you know, getting people on that level. I think that's going to be their, you know, their hurdle to, to mount. You mean Jericho in, in specifically or them in general? No, AEW in general. I think Jericho's yeah. amazing in it because every single person in his inner circle, you can name. Off the top of your head, yeah, well, of course. No, to... yeah, yeah, he's doing a great job. You're right, dude. I didn't give. I mean, a, they're I didn't doing... give a shit about Sammy Guevara until he became a heel. No, like when he was doing that panda thing, I was like, "What is this? Was this for anime?" No, he seemed Fans. like he seemed like a real weird choice, and he's been terrific in that role. Scorpio Sky got a good look this week, and he's one, and he's a he dude got a good look. Who is he? Scorpio Sky is weird. Is is uh, maybe shockingly thirty six years old? Now he's got a lot of run left in him, and the fact that he's relatively unknown to a national audience is, you know, will help him because it makes him feel younger. But yeah, but it is sort of an interesting thing that he's like, you're the, I mean, I was watching saying like, you know, this is a guy that I never even thought about. It didn't cross my mind that he could be a future big face in the company. And he could right. watching him go when he had that match with the one shoe on or whatever. Like it was yeah. just, it was fantastic. I mean, that was a star turn, but you know, he's 36. So I mean, you know. should there be something going on with even, you know, it's like Sean Spears is brought in, uh, has this feud with Cody and now, I, what was he was working with? He's Joe, Joey Janela, I guess he's yeah. working with now. But I feel like even with that, there should be some sort of extra storyline attached, and or maybe it's with, um, you know, uh, Tully. Yeah, some, it's weird something. to have Tully and not be doing anything. I don't know if that's with a Tessa Blanchard thing or like what's going on there. But um, anyway, that that is interesting. But anyway, they, I mean, AEW was really interesting this week. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm. They they are just rolling out these characters, and then, and then they're kind of like having to take the time to define them as they go, and to kind of give us reasons to care about them. Yeah. Um, the the butcher and the blade, as you mentioned, debuted by uh, coming through the bottom of the ring and attacking uh, Cody. I don't know where this is going. If they're going to be feuding with Cody, or if this was just sort of a statement attack, or uh, some people are theorizing that they're going to be the faction, end up being the faction behind Marty Scroll because they just have that similar sort of steampunk cool. look. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, when does Marty Scroll leave Ring of Honor? His contract is up as March. That's no, uh, that's interesting. The the only report, like like real report, was that he was done at the end of November, which is now done. There was some report. There was some like additional reporting that he had signed this sort of like, or he had like a month, you know, a handshake deal to work through the end of December, or to get through their mm-hmm. next big show. But who knows? Who knows? I mean, that changes it for me, but. So then Cody's in two feuds. He's with MJF and Wardlow. We're talking and about making Marty people. Skull and yeah, I mean, that would make them more. I mean, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, okay, now I can see that whole faction. Yeah. Almost like a um, Sweeney Todd. <laughs> yes, exactly. Faction. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of really cool things they could do. I mean, Marty Skrull is great. He's really great. And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, wherever he goes is going to be. 
you know, I, I don't think that Marty Skrull is going to be WWE champion. He's not going to be main eventing WrestleMania anytime soon. No, he's he's not. He could as a manager. Maybe. Yeah, he, yeah. He, there's there's some stuff he could do. I mean, and I can I can see him being big in NXT, but like there's there's going to at some point be sort of maximum capacity in NXT. At least for the you know they they do a good job with who they have, but um, you know, I think he could be a huge standout there. But I think that where I mean AEW is where everyone's been penciling him in for so long that wherever he goes if it's not there is going to seem like a big deal all this is to say it'll seem like a way bigger deal if it's AEW. yeah well it'll seem like a big deal no matter what i think that his signing is going to a lot of people are going to try to read some tea leaves you know like what does this mean about the future of pro wrestling I think about the current state AEW. of pro wrestling it would make a lot of sense but yeah i'm i'm that'll that'll be that's that's a very interesting kind of domino to fall yeah that would be the faction if he joined it. Like we run an evil barber shop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what does the Dark Order do? I thought that guys? the second they came out of the ring, come from underneath the ring, they're running all this subliminal ad stuff for Dark Order. But it's like they need something else. The problem with look, it's the same thing that happened with Sanity. It's like if you have an evil faction, mm-hmm. you have to put them over like the Ministry of Darkness because an evil faction. Like a chicken shit heel, like I, I had said earlier about Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. you can beat him a couple times, and he's still because yeah. he's a chicken shit heel, he could still win the title. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck that guy, but he's still important. But like when you have a monster heel or a monster faction, Great Collie was a monster. A monster faction would be like you know Sanity or mm-hmm. or Dark Order. Like when they come in and it doesn't work, then they just kind of they look a little sillier losing. Well, you know, it, it's just, that's totally true. I think there's a lot and of then they become a. Oh, and sometimes they become a comedy act, right? I mean, yes. I think that that's a thing. I mean, I think that people are trying to figure... I think they give the vibe of a of a comedy act. I think that that of all of the things that... And, and I like those guys. And I think that... I, I think that they have... I think... I mean, obviously, AW is invested in their success. But I do think that they, there's a lot of disconnect. I mean, it's like, are they a comedy act? Are they a serious act, right? I mean, are they... Are they with are Dark they, Order? Yeah, with Dark Order. Also, it's like... The first time you see him, people didn't know who they were. And I think that there's probably a lot of fans who were just conditioned various ways who were like, these two guys don't match. Like, why isn't the skinny guy wearing a mask, too? I don't understand. Yeah. yeah and, and not only why is he not wearing a mask, but why is he a Viking? And the other guy. And then, I mean, let this, I mean, to be honest, it's like, when why is this other guy not in anything resembling ring shape? You know? <laughs> it's not. Right. This is like. He looks like, uh, you know, the principal in Billy Madison. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was his name? I forget. I mean, oh my I, gosh. Was, he looked like the guy who played Newman, but it's not the same guy. No, it's a guy that people always confuse for him. It's the guy who was the Ben and Jerry's knockoff guy in City Slickers, the revolting blob. Yeah. Oh, man. And it was a big, it fantastic would be, it would stuff. Be like, and that's how, and that's the, I guess, like the blackmail they use to keep him from helping Billy out. Yes. To reveal that he's a pro wrestler. Yeah, man, that was great stuff. I rewatched it recently. That's a good, it's 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 arguably his best movie. That and, although that that new movie that's coming out is supposed to be great, Uncut Gems or whatever. Yeah, it's the same guys who did uh, Good Time. Yeah, oh my, I mean it's gonna be I excellent. That but that's a different. That's the punch drunk love division, right? Of uh, Adam Sandler movies. Adam, yeah, those you're are in the Independent Spirit Awards, motherfucker. <laughs> um, yeah, man, the Revolting Blob. I'm gonna do his. I'm gonna I'm gonna write a I'm gonna write a ten thousand word feature on the Revolting Blob. Um. 
It's really good stuff. But yeah, I mean, so the Dark Order's got a lot to got got a lot of like implicit questions to answer. And what and the stuff they've been doing around them, the sort of recruitment video and the they're like they're like doing backmasking like like uh, subliminal messaging on like yeah. on like YouTube video, I mean on Twitter videos and stuff with like one second screens of of uh Dark Order stuff like on other AEW content. All these kids catatonically just start turning into furniture. Yes. I mean what they need is like they just need they need a heavy because because Evil Uno is not a heavy, right? I mean he's he's a heavy guy, but he's not Gigano in any sort of way. I like the idea that somebody looks like him is like the evil, you know, is like the evil genius and then the little guy is sort of his toady. But it would be good if they just had one more piece or something. I don't know. Yeah, what or it maybe is. even make him smaller. Like, you know, now we're seeing like that people who can really fight don't look like oh yeah what the movies uh say they look like they look like you know like Masvidal and Nate Diaz and and hey look at uh Kane Velasquez yeah you know they they're there's kind of like uh they're in incredible shape but they're not like bodybuilders yeah they're it's true um i mean i'm just like at, like i'm thinking of um what was the faction in TNA when they had Rob Terry, who had like previously it was Rob Terry like one day and he came back the next day with a mask and he was like I didn't the keep freak up with TNA too much or something. It but sounds he, about right. He basically played like a a, a circus bodybuilder underneath a mask and I and and I'm saying this I say this tentatively because the answer is is never to bring in Rob Terry under a mask. But that's the first thing that popped into my head as I, I I'm fantasy booking this an thing. old Starcade. Uh, um, with Dan Soder, his special's out on Saturday, by the way. On oh, yeah. Everybody check it out. Um, but they did that in WCW with uh, Brother Brudai, you know? Oh, yeah. They gave him the beard? They gave him, well, they gave him that. They Then then they had the mask in the beginning. Then Hogan Oh, yeah, what was his him. name? Like, uh, Mush something face? Fur face? I forget. It was Fur like, face? I think it was Brother Brudai. Brother Brudai, but, but there was some. But that was, but then they turned on him in the NBO. He, he bounced back and forth a lot. Oh man! Well, listen, I love the Dark Order. Can't wait to see what they're gonna do with them, and uh, just hope they figure it out. Ooh, we have a lot to talk. We have we've we've gone over all. We've covered a lot of ground. I have no idea. There's too much wrestling happened this week. Here we go. Let me make sure we didn't forget anything. Here's what happened on uh, in sequential order: AEW, Jericho over Scorpio Sky, best friends, uh, Bea Priestley. Yeah, okay, so we got through all that, most of that. Diamond Dallas Page. What What about DDP? He he presented the, the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Oh, that's right, yeah. To MJF. I don't really understand that, but we'll figure that out later. Um, is that going to be a secondary title? Like That's what I'm trying to figure, I guess. That, I think it's, <laughs> it's, kinda, it's cool, but it's also like, in practice, it would be hilarious to like, you know, after a guy pins the other guy to like, delicately take the ring off his finger like, or the referee has to delicately take the ring off the finger it's, it's like no my hand swell up because of the match use a little bit use some crisco or yeah they're getting like they're whatever getting, it is they're getting like yeah baby oil from the back it's like i know you have baby oil <laughs> it's like a little bit it's like it, it it's adjacent to like being like uh he's the suit champion he wears this <laughs> suit every time and then the other guy well, gets the a, suit and it either is too big or too little we had the crown in WWF back in the day. And we still have a crown, but like people were fighting over the kingship. Um, 
Yeah, we're just sort of used to the belt thing. It should be a great Burger King commercial. We should bring that back. <laughs> oh, I know what I was going to say. So the, so the Butcher and the Blade popped out of the ring. So we had to, We've uh, talked a lot about Butcher and Blade. No, but they came up from underneath the ring, but so did but Bray Wyatt also made it outside of the ring or from under, like, coming through the ring appearance on well, SmackDown. Well, they're booking him like a monster. I mean, you know, give and take that horrible Hell in a Cell match. But even then, he was booked like a monster. This is the one thing we didn't talk about that I really wanted to talk about with you. The Fiend, Fiend Championship belt. Well, it's $6,500, and I think that anyone who is over, anyone who's over 18 who buys that belt should, like, I'm not saying the FBI should who take a look into Who has $6,500 who's under 18 to blow on a belt? Well, that's the thing. You can be a millionaire's kid or something, right? Okay. Um, but, like, anyone who's, like, like 25 or over 30 who buys that belt, like, they should, you know, they have, like, some, like, they have some like red. Uh, it's like 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 red flag laws in certain states. Yeah. So it's like if people on social media write certain stuff, they're like, okay, we can take your gun away now. Like I feel like they should do that with the fiend belt. <laughs> like it's, yeah. if you buy the fiend belt and you're like over thirty, like all right, we I think the government gets to take a closer look at what's going on here. I I don't disagree with that. Here's the thing: you can't, what is who's buying that belt? I don't know. Way? I don't know. But if if we if anyone out there is is interested in buying that belt, if you're gonna pay sixty five hundred dollars for that belt, here's what I'll tell you: send me five thousand dollars. <laughs> I will get you a belt. Like I will I will I will manufacture that belt myself. Is he gonna wear that to the ring? Well, here this is one of those great. Uh, wrestling moments i got texted pictures yeah. of the belt like seconds before or after it happened yeah it was all over the internet people are flipping out their belt or something i was no but if you watch the segment because i hadn't i didn't watch the segment for a couple of days if you watch the segment he's like if i ha-, and he has the blue belt with his side panels on it he's like yeah. if i get the belt it's only fair that the fiend gets the belt too and they show a picture of the fiend with that belt so it's just like there's the fiend belt and then there's the bray wyatt belt the bray wyatt belt is still the blue one it's a normal belt he just got one specially made for the Fiend. Now it is very weird that the Fiend wanted a belt with his own face on it. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine a baby face doing that? I guess I could imagine like the Rock and Roll Express doing it now. Yeah, you know, well, it's sort like, of like the Rick Rude spray painting himself on his own butt, sort of. Or yeah, yeah, that's true. Although very different characters. Yes, but like, but um, I, by the way, I love this incarnation of Bray Wyatt. It's like, but it's it is it's like the argument when people say Christian Bale is the best Bruce Wayne, but not the best Batman. Yeah, like when he's the fiend, I still maybe it's the red, but I'm still not totally on board. Yet. Yeah, last time I was here, I booked a, a Brock Lesnar versus the fiend on a pirate ship match. <laughs> I forget who else I threw in there. Oh my gosh, I wish the fiend could recruit the Butcher and the Blade. Then I'd be really happy. The yeah. um. The, no, I, I think that I, I'm, I'm with you there on the fiend. Although I think they've been booking the fiend really well. I don't have any complaints about what happens in the. I mean, I guess. You, I mean, it, I don't know, man. I mean, like that. You can't say they've been booking him really well out of the Hell in a Cell match. No, the Hell in a Cell match. You're was, right. Was bad. Well, that was just a mis. I mean, they they just they just had a lot of bad ideas in that match. I don't. I, I find. I don't think it was just that they don't know what to do with the fiend. I just think they just don't know what to do. But anyway, the Saudi match was fine. Survivor Series was better than fine, but I think it's just because Daniel Bryan is the best wrestler on the planet. Yeah, well, he is. Uh, I they, they I don't know why they if, are they doing red to protect him. No, they just think it's cool. Well, it's but it is. But they are going watch. with Daniel. They are going round two with Daniel Bryan, which is kind of cool. Yeah, you need to do that. Maybe that leads to Daniel Bryan 
I don't know, heel turn and he goes against no, the Undertaker. He's a, he's a face turn. I know it's a face turn right now, but I'm saying he beats him so bad he then goes back to a heel and then I do. apparently Taker's always wanted to face Brian. Really? And that could be a mania match. And he's and Brian's the one guy I think that could like because you don't want to do Seth and Taker, because I don't, you know, like, look, Seth's hurt too many people. <laughs> uh and Daniel Bryan would be, I think, safer. He may hurt himself, but he'll be safer with his opponent. Um, which is, you know, not a great rub to get. So, you know, if I am wrong about that, but, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't put, t- I, you know, I put Taker in with the safest people possible. So. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that could, that could be really good. I love the, I love the gimmick that Bray Wyatt turns people heel. That is maybe the greatest, like the smartest gimmick yeah. of all time. Fighting, having yeah. a, having a feud with Bray Wyatt turns you heel, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And I mean, they they turn him face with the yes movement stuff where they where he embraced the yes chance again, but then he immediately got taken out again, right? Yeah. So I think there's still room now for a You're right, turn. maybe so. Um, are you happy that the yes movement's back? I think it's got to turn into something a little bit different, but I, he'll make it work. I trust Daniel Bryan more than I trust my own like up mind on professional wrestling, <laughs> you know, like it's like it's like telling me like me me saying like me me telling you. Like how Daniel Bryan's character should evolve is like telling Bill Belichick how to coach, you know, like he's clearly made everything work they've given him. Yeah. So he'll make this face turn. I mean, I I think that they've got to look at, you know, like when he came back together with Kane, it was a pop, but it it did feel a little bit too nostalgic. And so did his face turn. You know, back like when he came back, you know, like it, it got a little bit nostalgic and he cut that shit off right before it got old. Yeah. Um, so I think that they just need to do something a little bit different with him as a face. Um, maybe keep the yes chance, but you know, not not to the point of where it's just like the fandango theme music and it's just something that people get to say when they're in the crowd. It's true. Um, listen, we gotta get out of here. We've talked oh, about shit. so much wrestling. I don't. I didn't even. I don't even know if we got to everything. But um, I'm looking through my notes. Are you happy that Alexa Bliss and Elias are back on SmackDown? I'm happy both of them are back on SmackDown. Uh, Uh, Elias, did he come back as a face? Was that sort of a face promo or was that a heel promo? I think they're leaving their options open, but it did feel. Alexa Bliss is a full, full, full fledged baby face now. Yeah, she is. I get nervous when she wrestles, though, man. Because like, you know, it's the same thing. I think Sasha's like probably my favorite worker in that company like mm-hmm. in that division especially maybe maybe in, in both divisions um but like sometimes the way that like you know sasha's head snaps back i'm like oh fuck and alexa has that too where she's so small sometimes like i'll see her head come back and i know she's had injury issues before yeah so i kind of get nervous watching totally, her wrestle. totally totally um tonight is uh wait what is today tuesday Oh, so we have backstage tonight. CM Punk will not be on. No, but, but- Arrow will be, folks. <laughs> so. uh, Stephen Amell uh, is going to be on. Also, uh, Seth Rollins will be on. He's decided to show up when CM Punk was there because he's scared. I do sort of, like, I know that CM Punk only has a Fox deal. Uh, I know he that- just brought up the doctor stuff today on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah, so I really don't think that no, no, no. he's he, working for WWE. He's definitely not working for WWE. Definitely doesn't, isn't <laughs> trying to. Fox may tell him to shut the fuck up about that. Who knows? Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I, you know, Triple H said that he hadn't talked to him. I believe that to be true, although I, Triple H, I believe, was a, pro- a proponent of him of Fox pursuing him. Um, there was definitely some camera in there. <laughs> 
Yeah. For Triple H just watching. But I do, I was sort of, and, and I've been out there telling all my friends who were like, this is a work or this is a setup. It's like, no, 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 no. This is really just like CM Punk yeah. is on a Fox sports show. Also, Seth, if you think you're getting a shot before Triple H, well, when Triple H doesn't have a WrestleMania opponent, you're crazy. I was sort of compelled by <laughs> this Ryback thing today where he was just like, listen, Punk is just going to do this and run his mouth off and Fox is going to let him. And then at some point, it's going to build, the heat's going to build whether or not it's deliberate for a match between him and Seth to headline WrestleMania. And it'll be worth so much money to WWE that they'll give him a number that he can't say no to. So whether or not every all the, whether or not the players are aware of it, the match is in motion. Ryback, the master. Listen, man, you sometimes great wisdom comes from unexpected places. That's true. I shouldn't. I haven't heard his podcast, so I, I have no idea what I'm talking. I got. We got to get out of here. I will say well, one thing before we go. I was in. A, I was visiting my mom or my parent, my whole family. Uh, my, my both my parents, my grand, some of my grandparents, like whatever aunts and uncles this weekend for Thanksgiving in lovely Charlotte, North Carolina. Um. And uh, I have this baby who's 11 months old. His name's Aubrey. He's lovely. He's my favorite person. And oh, cheap pop. Man. He was, uh, what happened? Oh, we were like just kind of walking through the like the, the house into like what used to be my room, although I never really lived, well, I'd lived in it very briefly after college, but I didn't grow up in this room. But, but there's some of my stuff's in there. And there is this plush, stone-cold Steve Austin figure just sitting in a chair. Was it wait, the wrestling buddies one? No, it's I don't even know how to describe it. It's like it's a, the body is like a wrestling buddy, but it has a plastic head. It sounds like the worst toy ever. Yeah, it is. It's not the, but I don't even know where it came from. Or like wrestle with them physically. But, but the baby liked it cuz it's like baby size and it's and it's like a pillow body, but it's got like a plastic head. So anyway, the the we give him the toy and like, "Hey, look, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin." And this my baby is just barely learning to talk, you know, it's like one word. And uh, and he doesn't even say and he right now he's just saying mama mama over and over again thinking yeah. he's saying different words but he's just yeah. saying mama. He gets Stone Cold Steve Austin in his hand and this is just a plastic a little plastic it's a bald head with a goatee and he just goes dad dad oh and my god <laughs> holy shit you should have led this whole episode off with that that's the first time he said dada no no, no he his... said it before but oh, he's he the has? first time he said it with conviction where he's just like I am. <laughs> I can't believe a, a uh, fucking a, a, a plush Stone Cold Steve Austin action figure got got all your dad heat. I know it's pretty incredible. Um, anyway, I got to go. What do you uh, want to plug on the way uh, out the door? I've got a lot of uh, like I'm, I'm rounding out uh, 2019. So I'm at Yuck Yucks Comedy Club in Vancouver this weekend on Tuesday, which I'll, I'll post on my Instagram. I'm doing some sort of Comedy Central taping in Austin. And I'm at the Philadelphia Punchline next Friday um, and the Agramont Inn the Saturday after that. I'll be at Frederick, Maryland on the 22nd. And please uh, check in t to our podcast, uh, myself and Scott Chaplin, who's hilarious, Total F and Marks on All Things Comedy Network. Rate and subscribe and, uh, you know, like... You know, if you think that I'm a, if you think I'm a fucking smart mark, you gotta, you gotta check out Scott. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he really doesn't give a shit. So check it out. Um, everybody listen. And thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, I don't even know what I need to say at the end of the show, but thanks for checking us out. Um, check us out again next week. Uh, apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week. Q&A. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 